0: You're listening to Barely African.
1: It's about to get real messy, so grab a bucket and a mop for the Sweat Ass podcast. So, in today's episode, we thought that we would strip it back, back, back and really get into your heads. So, in this episode, we're going to be talking a little bit about the controversy surrounding a movie that we are all in some way familiar with. Cuties. Uh, um asmr aside yeah this episode is gonna be about a movie that we all know about cuties that has been the subject of a lot of controversy lately you know before you told me about cuties i actually hadn't heard well i've been a bit presumptuous (laughs) so in this episode we're gonna be talking about cuties a movie that some of you might have heard about (laughs) Um, yeah, and so if you, if you don't know what Cuties is, um, it is a movie that is set in France and it follows, um, a young girl who is kind of, so it follows a young girl who has immigrated from Senegal with her family or with her mum. Her mum and her brother and her grandmother and they're, they're largely very Muslim in her family, they have very kind of strict, values especially when it comes to women and their expectations of that and the main character struggles with that and and she kind of tries to rebel from those expectations and, and those pressures and and those conventions um by joining this group of young girls called cuties which is a dance group of you know girls that perform quite kind of sexual dance moves and and for her joining this group is is an act of rebellion against um, the, the pressures that are pre- like pushing down on her mother and, and what's going on with them. Um, in the movie, her mother finds out that, you know, her husband has taken another wife. Mm-hmm. And rather than kind of rejecting that and kind of going out on her own, her Her culture kind of forces her to kind of accept that. And even though she's hurting, she's still required to be a dutiful wife and accept that marriage and even prepare the food for the wedding and attend the wedding Mm -hmm. like a quote-unquote good woman. And obviously her daughter sees all this happening and it takes quite a toll on her. She starts to really resent her dad. And in some ways her mum for for doing that and taking on those things and yeah she you know rebels by joining cuties and the mood at the end of the movie how old are they by the way they're 11 they're 11 so all of the actors but one are 11 them the other one is 14 i think the main character is 14 and the other girls are 11 yeah so they are these are kids that are playing kids yeah so the movie, the controversy surrounding the movie is about the sexualization of these young girls and the backlash has been so high that it's actually led to a, a kind of right wing driven campaign um, with the trending hashtag cancel Netflix um, and Netflix um, cancellations have actually spiked eight times higher than the daily um, average.
0: Wow. I wasn't aware
1: of it any of this before you brought this to my attention well I heard about it this this controversy kind of started with the poster um when when Netflix released a poster of these girls kind of in their kind of cuties outfits um posing quite sexually and even I have to say it is quite a provocative poster but I think what surprises me about this specific controversy is like it's become a right-wing movement Mm -hmm. and when I've like read what people are saying it's it's saying that it's pushing the left-wing agenda of pedophilia and you know all the the left big left-wing players like the Clintons and the Obamas who are in the pockets of the Epsteins and Harvey Weinstein aren't saying anything about it because they want to push their pedophilic agenda and I find it so weird how yeah that's become the narrative the hell yeah so I read some of what's been said and then we'll have a chat that is... Because we we actually both watched the movie yeah. because we wanted to have a, an independent um, opinion. Like, we wanted to form our own opinion of, of this movie first before we kind of judged it. Um, someone someone tweeted, "'This movie slash show is disgusting "'as it sexualizes an 11-year-old "'for the viewing pleasure of pedophiles "'and also negatively influences our children.' There is no need for this kind of content in that age group, especially when sex trafficking and pedophilia are so rampant. There is no excuse. This is dangerous content. And yeah, apparently, like, another, a, there was a petition about it that had actually garnered over 60,000 signatures. Um, and in the same time period now has yeah. over 600,000.
0: Netflix said Cuties is a social commentary against the sexu- sexualization of young children. A Netflix spokesperson said in a statement to, vanity, statement to Variety, it's an award-winning film and a powerful story about the pressure young girls face on social media and from, from society more gen- generally growing up. And would encourage anyone who cares about these important issues to watch the movie.
1: Because I feel like a, a lot of the backlash started before the movie had even come out. And a lot yeah. of it was surrounding the, the poster. Yeah. yeah. And when you look at the difference between the Sundance Film Festival poster and, and what was put out by Netflix. It's very different. It's like a totally different movie. Yeah. And I almost I I almost understand like, why Netflix chose that poster because... Obviously, for an American audience, Mm -hmm. um, like, I don't know, it's always, like, more is more.
0: Yeah. And, like,
1: you need something really provocative to catch people's attention. But I just don't think they realised the level of um, controversy it would cause. Like, I think they wanted it to cause a little bit of um, chat and talkability and stuff, but I don't think they... I think they underestimated what that poster would do.
0: Yeah. I mean... How did you feel watching the movie? Cuz did you know about the backlash and the controversy yeah. before? That's watching why the movie? I watched it.
1: I don't think I would have watched the movie if I hadn't seen the backlash and in- yeah, I, for me, I, I mainly watched the video because I wanted to see what it was about. And I, 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 I realised that a lot of the people who were saying st- bad stuff about the movie actually had only watched the trailer mm-hmm. and they hadn't seen the film. Mm-hmm. And I actually had no idea what the film was even about before I, I watched it. Mm-hmm. And I was super surprised because, yeah, it's it's nothing like people are saying and it's nothing like it's been depicted. Like, it is a really lovely story and it is a bit of a commentary on the sexualized sexualization of women Mm -hmm. um but i think that in in trying to be a commentary it has ended up sexualizing little girls Mm -hmm. now whether that's a good thing or not like whether the means justifies the ends i don't know but i think that people need to give the movie a chance and watch it before you know, they scream kind of pedophilia.
0: I didn't hear about this movie. Um, I only knew about it when you texted me. Mm-hmm. When you're like, you should watch this. And I was like, Oh, okay.
1: Um yeah. I really wanted to know what you thought about it as well without all the controversy.
0: Yeah. Obviously there were certain scenes um like when they were twerking that were that made me feel a bit uncomfortable, but that's because they were little
1: girls. Yeah. I was like, oh, Because they're they're actually little girls doing this. It's like, oh, this isn't, like, a movie. Like, you know, even if it's a movie or not, these are still little girls gyrating. I, like, had to look away. I was like, ooh. In the close-ups. But for me, one thing that I was thinking about is, you know, when, like, little girls wear bikinis? Mm. And, like, how Kanye West, like, didn't want, like, Northwest to, like, wear a bikini and stuff? Yeah. And does that is that more reflective of us like does that mean that we're sexualizing little girls because a, a naked little girl shouldn't be automatically mm. assumed sexual it's just a naked little girl yeah. so by us applying that sexual pressure on her and saying oh my gosh that's sexual because she's wearing a bikini yeah. isn't that us sexualizing that little girl
0: i think that as quote unquote adults <laughs> um we do tend to sexualize things because mm our minds are open to certain things like we've seen things yeah. and we've done things so yeah. um yeah but i don't it like i respect the art the artistry like and the way the story was written yeah. um it, i really enjoyed the story of, like, obviously the third Culture Kid story, because, like, we can relate to that. Mm. Um, and just seeing the the different worlds that she lived in, like, when she was at home and when she was at school with the the girl group, the yeah. cuties. Yeah, it's something that, like, I related to. And when I was watching it, I didn't necessarily... It, they were It was sexualized, like, in some parts, but what I took from it was her story
1: yeah I I almost feel that that was secondary to the actual story yeah and I think it is overshadowing what is a really good film and a really good message yeah and there are a lot of things in there that that haven't been talked about and I think that a lot of people are just kind of using this as a porn or like a political porn to attack a certain group and stuff but I don't know that being said it does sexualize young girls. And mm-hmm. and my question for for this movie is so it was it was directed and it was written by a black woman yeah. called Maimona Decore.
2: hmm
1: And does for me I was like, does that change things? Because obviously if this was directed by a man, I'd probably have a, a much different impression because obviously like a man being in charge of sexualizing these young girls. Mm. But I think what a lot of people don't know about this movie is that the director mm-hmm. Um, she actually did a lot of research she talked to thousands of little girls who were in that age group about their thoughts about themselves and their sexuality and social media mm-hmm. and it was actually meant to be um yeah like you said it was actually meant to be a, a social commentary on how you know girls turn to social media to I don't know make sense of the world and to rebel and they end up getting exposed to things far too young that yeah. they would normally kind of encounter when they're a bit older and have a bit a lot more context. Mm. Because it was it was written and directed by a black woman who's also telling her own story, mm. does that kind of change things? Like can you still argue that when you put it down to the basic level, is is this still the sexualization of young girls? That's a hard one. I'm on the fence. I'm on the fence because the movie still, like, even even though it is art and even though it is a social commentary and it is very, um, it acknowledges what it's doing. It's, mm. I guess, I don't know, a pedophile could still watch it and get pleasure yeah. from it. And mm. by making that point and telling that story, you are exposing actual 11-year-olds to sexual exploitation. Mm. Because if you're a pedophile and you're watching some girls gyrating, mm. you're going to feel some things regardless of whether the movie is meant yeah. to be a social commentary.
0: Well, I watched Cuties with producer Al. Mm. I'm really interested to know how you, what you thought yeah, from a male perspective.
2: I didn't feel any type of way about it. I got it. I understood it. I watched it and I got it immediately because, number one, I was born in Africa. I came to New Zealand. So I know the duality of at home, I speak to Chewa, at home, I still, you know, um, when I talk to my parents, I still have to do certain things like, you know, I can't do this, I can't do that and da 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 da. Um, when I'm outside the house, I speak English and I have, you know, I, I assimilate, I assimilate into that culture. So I understand that duality and understand the desire that Amy is that, was that her name? The main character? I think so. I forgot. understand <laughs> her desire to be, to want to fit in and mm. also looking at where she's from, looking at how her mom was struggling and not wanting to be a part of that world, but rather wanting to be a part of the other world where the girls were free and they were dancing and they were, you know, all that kind of, I, I got that. What I also got was, even for me, like... I was a kid in the 90s. And so, yeah, you would watch TV. And the cool people or the cool girls and stuff were always awfully sexualized.
1: That's so true. Like, all the popular girls at school were always, like, like wearing the short shorts, wearing makeup. Always, like, doing stuff with guys. Yeah.
2: Yeah, exactly. That was the cool thing. It goes back to the whole... The whole F-boy culture. fuck boy Because when you were young, you saw that when a nice guy approached... Lisa. Lisa. Lisa was like, nah, he ain't having it. And then this dude slept with Lisa's best friend, cheated on Lisa's sister, and then did this and that and that. He goes to Lisa, and Lisa is like, gives him the world. So you're like, when it's my turn... I'm not going to be a gentleman,
1: because that's... Gentlemen don't get bitches.
2: <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> when it's my turn, I'm going to be like Tony. Because Tony don't give a shit. Well, and Tony me. gets all the girls. You look around what's happening in the world around you, and when you're young, you're very impressionable. You don't know any better you just emulate that because that's all you have. Like right now, if you go on on Instagram and you just push the search button, it's a lot of naked women.
1: How old were you guys the first time you watched porn? 19. <laughs> what well, laugh tells me you lying. Really? Did you, the first time you watched porn, when you 19? I was 19. How old were you? I was six. Wow. Yeah. Where the hell did you watch it? I found it on like this website. So there was this website that I used to go on. It was like a bunch of people that made their own animations, like mm. they they used Flash Player they taught themselves and they would pu- publish their, their stuff on the website. Yeah. And the website was just unfiltered. Like I remember I searched like I was a big fan of Naruto. Um I really liked anime and like I was searching all those things cuz I wanted to see like the fan made episodes and stuff. Yeah. And then I stumbled across um the sexual one and it was like a more sexual story and I didn't know that and I watched it mm. and yeah shit got real and I was like oh my gosh what is this I didn't know what it was I didn't know what sex was but I was like oh it is not making me feel things and I like these things so I just like watched six? loads of them <laughs> what that was the first time I you were six porn. I was sick. wow and like I remember like the first time I felt like sexual feelings was when I watched Aladdin and I had a dream about Aladdin and I had like a wet dream and I was like four I, I remember the first time i ever got one
2: <laughs> but you know what that just reminds me what's that movie is it called the hunchback of no. <laughs> there's a scene in that movie with the priest
1: or the bishop guy the pr- he's a
2: sick individual that guy the priest is singing and dancing in front of the fire mm. when i was a kid i remember just watching that scene and it was just oh he's angry in the fire Oh, it's scary. When I watched it now, I mm. realized it was a fantasy mm-hmm. about him and the girl.
1: I know. Having sex. I was like, this is gross. Also adult themes. I grew up in a, like, very religious. So like, my windows were shut. I was just focused. Because my parents were still like very religious, like more so when we were younger, but they just didn't know how to use the internet. So we basically had free reign on the internet because they didn't even know how to, like, limit us from what? using it. And the was... first site
0: I I ever went on by myself was MSN and Bebo. I didn't do anything else on the internet. I think
1: for, for this movie, another thing it brings up is the, the sexual things that we're exposed to when we're children. Because yeah. um, for me, like, yeah, it's, even you just telling that story out, like, it's, it's made me realize how much sexual stuff i was exposed to as a kid but i never really had i couldn't talk about it to my parents mm-hmm. and i was too embarrassed to and I, I knew i'd get in trouble if i did so i, I was like left to explore these things by myself yeah. and you're right like you do imitate what you see on on like tv and on music videos and stuff because mm-hmm. like i think even the the director of the film says that you know, you see girls posting these things on the internet and sexualizing themselves in that way. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're the successful. I mean, like, who are the most successful women in the world? Kim yeah. Kardashian, you know? Even the the female singers, like, they're all, they all sexualize themselves. Mm-hmm. And if you're not pretty, you don't get as much fame and success. Yeah. So when you're a little girl and you want to be popular and you want people to like you, you think that conducting yourself in that way is how you're going to get popular. And it was. Like... Mm-hmm yeah you were seen as a loser if you were a girl and you didn't and you hadn't done anything with a guy Mm,
0: yeah
1: and those i remember like girls were always like i want to lose my virginity i don't want to be the last person in my friend group to lose my virginity i just made it up (laughs) 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 you have kissed a boy first kiss I was 19 as well like I was a late bloomer I didn't do any of that stuff but I was a horn dog I was writing my <laughs> fan fiction <laughs> I was listening to my tapes I was watching my hentai
2: <laughs> I was shipped off to boarding school boarding school in Africa is very very like you go back to the dark ages <clears throat> when you go to boarding school you don't have you don't get to listen to radio you don't get to watch tv none of that you're not exposed to anything else you're basically just there in prison to study yeah it's like a school prison to you're read there to books. just
0: study <laughs> you learn and read come books. on doctor
2: learn yes. read books become a doctor in the room that i was sleeping in it was me and my best friend but then we're hanging out all the time with like seniors like I'm and so they had the hookups the, the magazines jeans, and Drugs,
1: alcohol. <laughs>
2: Chlamydia. No, no drugs. No drugs, no chlamydia. But they had alcohol and they had porn magazines. What were
1: porn magazines like the
2: day? So these magazines were like really super old. Just strips of paper at this point.
1: Any stains on them?
2: You wouldn't even have noticed if they had a stain on them. It was just like loosely held pieces of paper. It wasn't like a real magazine anymore. It was so old. So there wasn't really much to see, unfortunately. Held together by pure lust. Yeah. And wet dreams. I am done with this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) This is my last episode. No. Did you feel any different about the cutest movie after watching what the director or producer said?
1: Well, there were a lot of things in it that she talked about that went over my head because I was focusing on... Oh, I want to see these sexual little girls. Oh, I want to see what people have been talking about. And then when I watched the interview with her and she talked about how, um, especially when she talked about um, navigating two cultures and grappling with what you're supposed to be, when you're coming from like in this case for the movie um the kind of traditional strict um culture of what a woman should be and yeah. then you go into this western world where sexuality is praised and sexual women are kind of held up and like all the opposites yeah. yeah and and also like I, I cried twice watching this movie because it was the relationship with the mother and mm. army
0: yeah
1: um especially cuz I saw the mother was so forgiving and she was so patient with her and like even I think for me as well it made me realize that what our parents go through because you know she's moved to this new country we never saw the mother as well cuz the mother's always working the mother is mother's always trying to put like a roof over their table and she ends up like raising her brother and stuff and then like that scene where like Ami's under the bed And her mum's on the phone and she finds out that her husband has has taken another wife. Mm. And, like, seeing her cry and seeing that emotional moment, especially, I guess, for me, growing up, like, I never saw my parents cry. never saw them show Mm. emotions like that. It kind of just made me realise, like, fuck, what what did my parents go through while I was angry at them and throwing a strop? Like, Mm. what was going on in their lives? And while I'm trying to rebel from this this kind of culture that I feel at times, not all the time, can be mm-hmm. oppressive towards me. Like, my parents are kind of still bound by those chains and they're bound by those conventions. Yeah. And, like, for me, during that movie, like, I don't know, that really kind of hit home for me. I really related to
0: it, to be honest. Like it's surprisingly relatable, isn't it? Yeah, like, the way I, I personally related to it was, OK, I came from a really... Well, I think I came from like a really religious background. Mm. And um the life I lived at home, the life I was met, I was supposed to live was very different to mm. who I was at school. Like I remember code switching. Yeah, code switching. Listen to the previous episode. <laughs> yeah, I could personally relate to it. Like the mukuka at home and who I who I was who I was supposed to be as a young Jehovah's Witness girl was so different to the Mukuka I was at school. Like, I wanted to be doing the African group. I joined the African group. Didn't tell my dad. He told me uh, no, because I was going to go on stage dancing in these short little skirts. And he wasn't going to have that. It's not something that we did, like, as a family. So I just did it. I didn't tell him. And he saw me on TV one day. You are on me. Yeah. And so, like, I related to that story, trying to just figure out who you are as a kid and, like, figure out what you like. Like, just trying to, I don't know, make friends and trying to fit in. And I was a bit oblivious to the sexualization. It's not something that hit me in the face it happened in certain scenes and i would be like oh that that's a bit too much for me but it's it's sort of like i just ignored it i think it's an important movie like yeah. kids go through those things it is very sexualized yes
1: but so is our childhood and i think yeah yeah the movie is sexualized but like there's so many parts of my childhood that where i was exposed to sexual stuff mm-hmm. and i didn't I didn't feel like I could talk to anyone about it, and, mm. and it was it was negative. It was a negative thing for me. It was a negative negative experience for me. Yeah, I think that I don't know. Movies like this allow space for us to talk about it.
0: Like among a lot of my African friends, like so many disgusting things like ha- have happened when they were young, and mm. like when you're put in those positions, sometimes you don't.
1: You, you don't have anyone to talk to because you think you get in trouble. And the woman and always gets blamed. Yeah, It's always like, well, you were wearing a miniskirt. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, yeah, wearing a miniskirt means a grown man should bloody hit on you. Mm-hmm. Like, what the fuck? Disgusting. Most
0: of us have experienced disgusting things.
1: I wish that we could t- talk about them more openly. I think another thing this movie kind of brings to light is how, as a woman, when you go through these things you kinda just meant to keep it to yourself. Yeah, keep it to yourself. Like, be a woman about it. And there's no accountability for the man. Like, another thing I wanted to talk about in this movie was how, literally, her whole ass husband took another younger wife. Also, the wife looked young. I was like, is the plot was gonna be that the the wife was 14. Um, (laughs) But, like, the, the husband has done all of this stuff and he is, he's still a hero. Yeah, you know, he. No, nothing happens to him. He's not vilified at all. He's walked out on his family and he's betrayed his wife and he's betrayed his children and he's left them for, for somebody else. That's something that happens in, say, African communities a lot. The men go around and they, they do all this stuff and they never, they never take accountability for it and it's always the women who have to... To have to suffer, mm. and I remember like I, <laughs> I saw this tweet, and it was like I never like taking advice about love and marriage from African women because the advice always involves suffering. <laughs> mm. That's sad.
2: I think that cuteness is one of those things that comes along, and it's real. It's not sugarcoating anything. Mm. It's not trying to be presentable. It's just real, to be honest. I did that. Um, Among my good. friends, I've seen worse. Mm. There's worse things that are happening um in real life. A movie like that comes along and just presents something that's real it's just real. It's confronting. It's yeah. it's just real. I know it's not exactly the same thing, but I feel like this is NWA Fuck the Police. This is um the movie Kids in 1995 which was about kids taking drugs and having sex. And I think it's an eye-opener. If you're really outraged rather than saying, let's ban this and let's let's not show this let's sweep
1: it under the rug.
2: Yeah, I think the right response is why is this mm-hmm. why is this real? Why is this a reality? Mm-hmm. And can we do something to change that rather than Oh, police brutality. Let's not talk about it. let's it. let's let's ban the people who are, who are bringing this to light. Let's let's shut them up. Mm. Oh, girls, young girls being sexualized. Oh, let's shut up the people who are bringing this to light. No, mm. like don't shut them up. Let them talk about, it. let them bring it to light. The the right response is let's deal with the problem, not the people who are bringing it mm. to light.
1: Yeah, what I find really weird about this is that we're seeing more outcry here over a fictional movie mm-hmm. and when these stories are actually being presented in real, real life, nobody gives a shit. Yeah. Like the Epstein documentary, bloody, um, what's his name? Um, trapped in the closet dude, R. Kelly. Um, has been doing this also to like young black girls and how long had that been going on and nobody cared nobody said anything but somebody makes a fictional film actually kind of calling like out the sexualization of little girls and people are getting more riled up about that and there's a petition that's garnered over 600,000 um signatures and you've got Fox News talking about it and you've got the government talking about it and I'm like all this for for a movie when when these things actually happen in real life we're not we saying anything about say them anything. we're saying well why did these girls wait so long to come forward mm-hmm. and why are we getting upset about something something fictional when yeah. when it happens in reality we don't give it the same attention
2: somebody did make the point that r kelly abused black women if he would have touched a white girl oh, just mm-hmm. one mm-hmm. just one white girl he'd been out It would have been over immediately. There would have been
1: no second or third, just one. It's like when, when, you know, a little white girl goes missing, like Madeleine McCann, like it's worldwide news. Mm -hmm. How many little black girls are going missing? How many native girls in... um, Canada are going missing how many native girls in America are going missing how many genocides in um, Rwanda and Congo when they rape all these young girls and women Mm -hmm. nobody cares about that but one one white woman kind of you know goes missing or something Mm -hmm. happens to her and it's like it's front page news Mm -hmm. and I think that growing up as well that drills into you that nobody cares about you and you don't matter and yeah you can go forward but nobody's gonna give a shit
2: I think that this movie the reason why it's garnered also so much attention is, it's being used as a vehicle to say that the people on the left this and the people on the left that it's it's been politicized and, like what what does Obama really have to do with this movie?
1: Also in the in the movie, the majority of the girls who were sexualized were mm. women of color, and I found it interesting. Like even in the clip that we saw on Fox News where Tucker Carlson was kind of denouncing the movie, they mm. only really showed. Close ups of all, all the the women of the women of color, the the, the girls, girls of, of color, color, um mm. gyrating and do that stuff, and we barely even saw the white girl, you know. And it's like, mm. oh yeah, would you dare put a white girl on your channel doing this stuff? But no, you do, you do black women, and it's like mm. kind of the same with um, Eric Garner and George Floyd. Like we've seen them die on TV, and mm. like, would you ever see a white person plastered all over the world dying? on tv would they do that no but like because their privacy matters exactly but black people not matter that's why i say black lives matter
2: <laughs> <laughs> i really feel like the response the anger and you know i i get the response if you feel uncomfortable with it but i feel like you're pointing the anger at the wrong crowd
1: yeah, it's superficial anger, like, it's just anger um, to drive an agenda, to push an agenda. We're talking about a fucking movie here, why are we saying the left and the right? Why are we even using those words if it is just about the sexualization of little girls and protecting little girls? Because yeah. it's not. I guess, like, I guess this, this links back to what um, Makuku was saying about, um, you know, feeling freedom in your culture, you know, when when you're kind of caught between those two worlds of what your family expects of you mm-hmm. um, and the person you want to be, especially, yeah, as an immigrant child, because, yeah, that, that struggle of your parents have sacrificed so much for you and, like, you feel bound to that obligation to be the people that they want you to be. Yeah. And to do the... and to to Because have...
0: they move their whole lives for yeah. you so you can have a better life.
1: And then you want to go shake your ass.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I've never, I've obviously never been a parent before. (laughs) But I do have the strong conviction that when I have kids,
0: Mm.
2: I want them to be free enough to come home when they're in trouble. When we were kids, you, if you went outside and you got in trouble, the last place you wanted to go was home. Yep. Like the last people you wanted to talk to were the people in your own house. Mm -hmm. So that means all you had were people who are outside your house who eh, really didn't love you or care about you as much as the people in the house. Mm. So the one place that you're supposed to run to was actually the place that you were running away from. Yeah, Mm -hmm. And I feel like in a...
0: Click, click,
2: click. (laughs) And I feel like in a perfect world, it should be the opposite. If you go outside and you get into trouble, if you go outside and you feel a certain type of way, the first place you're supposed to go is home. Mm. Yeah. That should be your shelter. That should be your center. That should be where you feel most comfortable and most open to really show who you are, what you're about, and how you feel, whether mm-hmm. it's peer pressure, or whatever it is. Why
0: do you think we did that? Knowing my parents, regardless of what I did, they would still love me, but I knew I would I would have been in big ass trouble, but why did we not go home? Cause you're gonna get whooped.
1: (laughs) Disappointment. Oh yeah. Parents are gonna see you in a different light. You know, once somebody's seen you with your pants down, (laughs) doesn't matter how many times you pull them up, (laughs) they still seen you. You know, that image is always gonna be there.
2: I'll speak for myself here. The dynamic between me and my parents was just son and parent.
1: Like you weren't friends.
2: No, you weren't friends. Mm. You, th- th- There was nothing personal about it. Mm. And so there was no kind of, we can have a discussion about this and be reasonable about it. Yeah. Even if you are right. Even if you, like, say you, you got into a fight. Or somebody hit you. Like, you didn't hit anybody. Somebody hit you. You didn't provoke them. It just happened to you. If you go home and you've got a Oh,
0: you're in you, trouble.
2: You're in trouble
0: it's not that you were the problem but like when something bad happened and you were there like guilty by association yes
2: whatever happens somehow it's tied to you and everything is your responsibility if something actually does happen Mm -hmm. you don't want to go there because how much worse is that going to be
1: yeah like i'd rather have all this happen And live with the consequences than have my parents know. Because, yeah, I think for me, no matter what happened, nothing was worse than the wrath of my parents. Yeah. That was worst case scenario.
2: Home was never a place of shelter. Home was never a place of peace. Home was never a place that you felt like. Like A place of duty.
1: Yeah, Mm.
2: yeah. I remember distinctly as a child, my number one sort of thing was like, I can't wait until I'm able to. Move out. Like I can't wait to until I'm old enough mm-hmm. to get out. And as soon as I had like the slightest, tiniest little chance to get out, I was out and I never looked back.
1: Up and left. Free at last. Free at last. <laughs> Thank yeah. God Almighty. I'm
0: free at last. And it's not that you hated your family. No. It's just. I just need like, to breathe. Yeah. <laughs> you just needed to be m- free, like mentally and physically. It's like you're, you're always made to feel like
1: you're a bad kid. Like a mm. bad person. And you're like, you know what? I'm actually a damn good kid, man. You should see what all my other friends are doing out yeah. here. and and drinking. I was like, I was being a good girl. <laughs> and it still wasn't good enough. <laughs> it wasn't
2: good enough. And, and then your parents would be like, oh, you should be like so-and-so. And, and I am like, like, oh, uh, you want to you know, know what she's been up to, mom? <laughs> do you want to know?
1: i like, I'm not a snitch, but... <laughs> I was like you don't want me to be like her yeah mum <laughs> yeah Um,
0: that's one of the things that like messed with my mind like I would do certain things and like um my parents wouldn't agree with it or they like you do something wrong like something that a kid would normally a mistake that like a kid would normally make and like um like your parents my parents would like discipline me and tell me like oh don't do that don't you know so and so blah 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 mm-hmm. and like you'd feel so bad and then like you'd talk to other you'd go to like your friend's house and like they would think you're such a lovely kid and they're like wow you're such a good girl you know my daughter should be like you and like
1: you just like oh yeah, can you say it's my parents? Can you call my yeah. mom and, and tell her that? Can you call my dad? Yeah. let yeah. I know that I'm a great child I like came out very well? Yeah. <laughs>
0: it's
1: opinion. like something I never understood. Like other people thought
0: I was such a like great. good person, obedient person. Yeah. But like I wasn't that way at home. Yeah. I was like, why am I like this? Like, you know, by African standards, I'm a mess. I'm a mess. Terrible child. You know what? I'm going to ask my mom. I'm going to be like, "Mom, what was your thought process when I was being naughty or just being a kid?
2: I feel like at some point, adults forget what it's like to be a kid. Yeah. Yeah. When I was little... And I had this little toy car. And it was my favorite thing in the world. And then it broke. I remember feeling so bad. Right now, when I think about it, though, I'm like, yeah, it was just a toy car. But the way that I felt at that point would be like, if right now, the equivalent of that would be like, if someone really (laughs) close to me died. Mm. That's how broken I would feel. So when you're a kid, those little things, when they happen to you, They are the worst thing ever Mm. because of your age. You haven't experienced anything else. Mm. And sometimes you make those mistakes again because of your age. You haven't experienced anything else. Mm. And then the adults in your life treat you as if you have their life experience. And especially when African parents, Mm. when they try and tell you, you know, they don't understand that. As a person developing, you do need to develop relationships outside of you of your family for you to survive because mm. you do need to learn to deal with people outside of the house. Mm. And so when you go outside and deal with your friends and they <clears throat> they try and prevent you from connecting with them, it kind of it prevents you also from like <laughs> it prevents you also from like learning quickly how to deal with
1: and growing. yeah to grow mm.
2: and deal with the world and learn to make connections out there mm. and things like that.
0: Mm. Do you guys wish you had been raised a different way? Do you think Do you we would be where we are? Like we would be the people we are now if, if we were raised differently? I think like our parents were raising us the way they were raised. That was their way of like showing us love and like raising us. Mm. And the right path. Mm.
2: There's certain things about my childhood I wish I could change. About the way I was read that, that that I wish I could change. Mm. Yeah, definitely.
1: I don't know, man. I like who I am today. Mm.
2: And I think
1: as hard as my childhood could be sometimes, at times, I don't know, I like who it's made me. So mm. I wouldn't change any of it. And there's so many things that I understand about myself and the world and and the way I see things as well. And I wouldn't change that. Yeah. So yeah, I I wouldn't change the way I was raised. Oh, I'd be I'd be a terrible person, <laughs> you know. If my parents were <laughs> kinder to me, oh, maybe I said I love you a few Don't times.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> maybe you didn't abuse me. <laughs> oh. oh gosh. And withdrawing your emotional connection. Maybe oh. I, would have been... I was just gonna say, despite
0: all the dramas my parents and I have been through, I wouldn't change anything. I think. The way we've clashed has, like, helped me build my character. Like, I've had to be strong. I've had to be, like, firm in what I want. Like, if I want something, I'm like, okay, this is why. These are my facts. I want this. And, like, it's going to work. I've Mm. thought about this. That's it.
1: You've become more confident in your own convictions.
0: Yes. So, I think... If I was raised differently, I would be a bit more, like, wishy-washy. Mm. Like, I, I wouldn't... Like me! No. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no. but, like, I didn't have any other option but to be strong, like, in to
2: what I wanted. To back yourself.
0: Yeah, I had to, like, fight for myself, you know?
2: Um, if you had, say, younger siblings or s- younger cousins, whatever, would you let them watch cuties?
0: Yeah, but with well, my supervision. They're on TikTok watching this
1: stuff. True, man. So. True. They seem way worse. They're doing it themselves. They're making their own videos. Yeah. they send a nudes to their six year old boyfriends. Yeah. How old are you when uh, you send your first nude? Um.
0: I have never done such a thing. there of my mom. Yeah.
1: I was old. I didn't do it for ages. I didn't have any boys to send it to. Nobody wanted my nudes. <laughs> I don't think I've, I've seen, seen, seen my any nudes. Because I'm so scared. My rule is if it's hot and if it's great, it doesn't matter if everyone sees it, because everyone else see you looking great and hot. I
0: mean, do you, does does like stories count? Like, Story. you know how on Snapchat it goes like away? Traps. No, like, you know how, okay, if I can send you a short video on instagram and it'll go away when you open it mm-hmm. does that count yeah oh that will yeah. do the majority oh okay well then yes
2: <laughs> <laughs> the first nude that i ever got was this girl that a friend of mine was trying to get with and she sent it to you and then she sent it to me just out of nowhere it wasn't like well, i was like by accident or intentionally no it was intentional because she had she took it in the mirror and on the mirror she had written my name in lipstick.
1: That's intense. Also, I agree to the lipstick. Lipstick is expensive. How why would old you was do she? that?
2: That was high school. How wow.
1: old was she?
2: <laughs> I don't know. I was I don't know, like how old were you? 16, 17. How old yeah. was she? Yeah, we're well, we're the same age. So,
0: so why did she send
1: it to you? Not the your friend is trifling 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 um what happened what happened was uh (laughs) name and lipstick then you have to get some get a bucket and a mop mop it up (laughs) get the spray bottle you know use some tissues that's a commitment yeah i never write my name and lipstick for anyone not even my mom lipstick is expensive it is even the $2 list it has it's to, to clean value. off the mirror. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Wow, guys. So, yeah. Episode three.
1: Thank you so much for listening to us. Watch it anywhere you want it on the kitchen, on the table, on the sofa in the public toilet, wherever you want it, listen. (laughs) I'm
2: done with y'all.
1: Episode three is done skis. You've been listening to Barely African with your hosts, Diana and Makuka.
0: We'd like to say a huge thank you to Alinafi Kalinga Malero for composing our intro music, producing and engineering this podcast.
1: Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app.
0: And follow us on Instagram at bellyafrican to keep up with all our shenanigans
1: and slide in our DMs. With all your questions, ideas, and stories. We just might steal them for a future episode. Catch you next time. Bye.
2: Bye. Love you.